I wanted to just throw the mic, well, not literally throw the mic, but open up the mic uh, to those of us here who may, might have their own little story they wanted to share about the Queen. Maybe you've met the Queen, or maybe you've just got something that you wanted to say of what the Queen means to you as, as a Christian monarch. So have a little think about that. And if you're bold enough and you want to come and say something, John's going to be first. Just come and share for a few minutes, and we'll, we'll hear from one another. Yeah, certainly. I remember going into Oxford. I was only 24 at the time. I was just coming out the Randolph. The whole of the Banbury Road was closed off. And I said to the policeman, why is the road closed off? There was no one there. There was no people walking. It was just me and this policeman. And then suddenly this car come up. And it was all the bodyguards and Princess Philip and the Queen waved to me in the car. And the police just said to me, that's the day you are remembered for the rest of your life. They all—they both just said like that. They just sat there, both Prince Philip and I just remember it. And the way she just cheered me up, I always feel a glow for the Queen after that day. It just made me, it, it has sat with me for the rest of my life. It was a real sort of experience in my lifetime. Fantastic. Hello, John. <laughs> Anybody else got a little memory or something they want to share? Who? Come on then, Auntie Anne. Where's your flag? Yeah, oh, Leia, don't tell her a story. <laughs> Sorry? Tell us, tell us your story. Oh, I've got, um, which one? Yeah. The one about the Queen, yeah. yeah. Keep on, um, on the I theme. Went, uh, yeah, on the, with the Queen. On one occasion, I went to a garden party at Buckingham Palace, and she was lovely. And she wore a lemon, and I will remember it, because her hem came down on her dress. <laughs> and I looked and went, her hem's come down, and she looked over and she went, my lady will do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow, great story. Here, you're gonna have your flag. Anybody else? They could be serious or fun, <laughs> take it. Anybody else want to say anything? Well done, Catherine. I'd never heard of the, well, I'd heard of the phrase struck dumb, but I didn't really know quite what it meant. Um, Graham and I were on the Isles of Scilly with Peter and Elaine Davis, and we didn't know that it was actually coinciding with a, a visit from the Queen and Prince Philip. Um, I don't even know what the occasion was, whether it was something specific. Um, and... Uh, we, we'd got sort of prime position against a, a railing, and the, the Queen probably was about as far from me as Diane is now, as she came onto the, the grassy area to meet the mayor or whatever, and all the dignitaries. And I, I really just wanted to say, good morning, Your Majesty, and I literally was struck down. All I could say was, oh, my. <laughs> all these people have met the Queen. Okay, Jim, and then we'll come to you, Sarah. Nice to see you, Jim and Pat. Good morning, good morning. Uh, well, this little story is when I was called up in the army and um, we were stationed in Catterick camp and the Queen came to visit us and I was given a duty to stand on the road as the car came by. But do you know the reason I was standing on that spot? I stood there for four hours before she came 
But the reason I was standing there was I had to pick up any leaves that fell from the trees. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, did you have a little story you wanted to share? Come on then. Is it picking up leaves? No, it wasn't actually. We had, I went up North Wales for two years, and Prince Charles of Wales came to visit us. Prince Charles did. And he was opening, I don't know what he was doing, but I was working in the shop with Janet. And I said, look, there's Prince Charles, not very far away, not by the church. And I was moving because no one knew. But we didn't even have that time. But the Prince Charles did come visit. Yeah. And no one knew anything about it, but I said. And, she came, and he came into our shop in the end to have a look and see what we were doing there. Yeah. Were you behaving? Yeah. We Good. Worked in Good. <laughs> Good. That's great, Sarah. Thank you. You got one, Rosalie? And then that back comes to Jonathan. It's not about the Queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's not that I've actually personally met the Queen or anything, but um, I had, when I was younger and a child, I actually lived in quite a few countries, if other people didn't know. Um, I lived in Bahamas, Malaysia, and places like that. And I think we forget there was some, there was times where I would walk out into, just into somebody's office. You know, there was a time we went on holiday in Malaysia to this really remote resort in, you know, the north of Malaysia, in the middle of nowhere, in the rainforest. And I'd walk in and there's a big portrait of the Queen there. And there's been several places where I've gone over the world, around the world, and you see that. And it was just a reminder. I, I, you know, I, I thought she was just our queen, but to, to think that, that is, these pictures, these portraits of her are still hanging there, and there's that respect for her there. This is in the Commonwealth, this is in, you know, some of the British territories, and um, we forget that, that she, you know, she's also their queen, and she also serves them. And to know, I think I watched a documentary on how long she spent abroad on these travels visiting these people, and it's amazing to think how far she's, you know, she's touched. <laughs> Thank you, that's really good. Thank you, Rosalie. Jonathan. I don't normally watch EastEnders, but I did watch it with Prince, did you see it with, uh, <laughs> it was great, it's worth watching. Uh, Charles and Camilla really turn up on it. It's very good. I'm hooked now. In 1977, I was four years old. It was the Silver Jubilee. And we had a street party in our close in Gloucester. Um, and I remember this event really vividly because it was all of the um, tables were laid out at the end of the, um, the close. And we had bunting. And I remember watching my father go up the ladder to the telegraph poles. Um, and I was ever so worried about him getting falling off the ladder. I, I didn't realise at the time that that's what he did every day of the week. <laughs> um, but my abiding memory is the food. Um, because I was able to have whatever I wanted without my mum telling me off for gluttony. <laughs> and obviously, what does a small boy have? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> pizza, but also, best of all, jelly and ice cream. And I loved it. I've got a wonderful photograph um, of that day. It's quite a long photograph. It's about um, 
16 inches long, and I'm in the middle of this photograph as a small boy, so... <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, did, did you have one of those coins? Um, did anybody else get one of those coins for their Silver Jubilee? Yeah, I thought I was really special because I've got one. Um, but I think lots of us got them. Yeah, yeah. Did you oh, get yeah, one? I got, I got one, I got one. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did they just come? I don't know who gave them out, but I've got one. Anyway, you got one as well. Great, thank you, Jonathan. Anybody else? We'll take just a couple more. Anybody else got any stories they want to just share? Yeah. Thank you, Susie. So, yeah, I haven't directly met the Queen either, but I did meet the lady who made the dog food for her. <laughs> Which sounds a bit strange. I, um, I, was, I was at a random party and I met this lady. I was trying... Yeah, well, you know, she didn't make the corgi dog food. She made the dog food for the other dogs they have. And um, she was telling me about when she met the Queen. So every year they throw a party and anyone who does anything for the palace comes over and that's the day that the Queen goes and honours them. And she said, she's only a little woman, but she goes round and she speaks to each person and makes them feel really special and important. And she like pays attention, asks how they are. And she said, yeah, she was just an amazing person like that. So I thought I'd share. Thank you. Wait, we're learning a lot today, aren't we? <laughs> Any more? We'll just take one more. Any more stories? Any more? Oh, we've got, oh, we've got two more. Okay. Oh, the two Davids. Oh, David Rose and then David Robotham. Now you're first, Mr. Rose, come on. Thank you. Well, there was actually two instances. One was when I was a sea cadet in East Grinstead, and I was one of the honour guard at uh, a, a stone being laid at uh, Queen Victoria's Hospital for Burns in East Grinstead. And... Uh, the Queen actually came up and said, how are you, young man? <laughs> and that was, that was my introduction. Another one was, I was working at the Queen at Dummer many years ago, and uh, we were asked to do a buffet for the blessing of a Bible at Hampton Court. And that was the first time a outside function was performed at Hampton Court to be blessed by the Queen. That's great, David. Thank you. Brilliant. David. I need to declare an interest before I say anything, and that is that, to be honest with you, I tend to stand on the side of Fairfax and Cromwell, as far as the institution is concerned. But I have really very deep admiration for the person herself. I, you won't be able to see this picture. Well, there's a little boy and a little girl. It's 1953, and the little boy is three and a half, and the little girl is two. She's dressed as, I always used to think it was Little Bo Peep, but it's not, it's Red Riding Hood, apparently. And the little boy is dressed as a little boy blue, uh, in the costumes made out of crepe paper. And my memory of that day is uh, of the crunching of the crepe paper as we walked around and went up to the Stoles garage at the top of Queen's Road here for a tea, which I remember being horrible because the jelly tasted of the metal, little metal foil pots that, the, that it was in. I don't know whether you remember it back in... No, none of you are that old, are you? Um, 
and, and we sat on very hard benches and watched a very grainy film of the coronation. And that's all I remember. But what I wanted to say, the, the admiration, despite my aversion to the institution, um, my admiration for her as a head of state just grows. She maintains that inscrutability which treats everybody with absolute respect and gives them the confidence to respond. <laughs> it, it, it's remarkable in a head of state. I cannot think of another head of state who comes anywhere close. It's interesting, you know, all the radical political philosophers, Lafayette in the American War of Independence, um, all the f great French philosophers of politics, do you know what they actually wanted? Was not a republic, but a constitutional monarchy. Even Lafayette wanted a constitutional monarchy. Even the French, interesting this morning, somebody commented that they invented one, an elected constitutional monarchy, because their president serves for such a long time. Honour her, not just for the cuteness and the strangeness of the family, but for the powerful example she is as a leader, uh, as a head of state, and as somebody over, over decades has maintained a standard of leadership, which in the modern world, frankly, is quite remarkable. Really good. Yeah, I personally, I, I found my love and respect for the Queen has just grown over these. If you read my blog that I put out this week, it was just, it was just summing up, really. And I was sitting there watching the Troop in the Colour, and I, I'm starting to cry. You know, and I, I don't quite know what it is, whether it's the complexity of the family, as David put it, that it's, it's not a perfect family. But there's, there's this, this, this Queen who's been there pretty much for all our lives, isn't it? You know, not many of us can, think, can remember before that, and I've got deep respect and, and honour for us. I, I do thank God for her. God save our gracious Queen, long live our noble Queen, God save the Queen. It's a prayer, isn't it? It's a prayer. And again, I was blogging about it just this week. You know, this, this theme tune, this national anthem, is played so many times, isn't it? And um, for many, many years, and before our Queen, it's our national anthem. But there's something, I think, powerful, because it's a prayer. And uh, every time it's played, and every time it's sung, it, to me it's like a prayer goes up to heaven. And just a few thoughts before we come to our conclusion this morning. You know, our Queen has been a servant, not just to this country, to the Commonwealth, but to the world. And she is a reflection, isn't she, of her Lord and Saviour, of Jesus Christ, who said this, whoever wants to become great among you, must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And that's from uh, Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28. And on this Sunday of remembrance, we also, as I said right at the start, join with the church on Pentecost Sunday, the day that the church really was born, the birthday of the church. And there's a sense in my thinking of a recommissioning for us as God's people, as his servants, as his 
ambassadors. As the Queen has shown us 70 years of devotion and serving, following in the footsteps of Jesus who gave his life as a servant, there is a call on us to continue to be his servants. And the question really for you this morning is, well, where does God want you to serve? Is there a particular area that God is calling you to? You might already be in the flow of that, already doing it. Fantastic. But maybe this morning you, want, you just want to take a moment to think, God, here, I, here am I. Where do you want me to serve for you? Not lording it over people as, as Jesus challenged his disciples, but coming as a servant, putting others first. And maybe this morning you want to recommit yourself to serving the plans and purposes of our King Jesus, individually or collectively as a body. And there's a song uh, that's been written particularly for the coronation called Rise Up and Serve. And if you know some of uh, some worship leaders, you'll see them on it. I'm going to play it in a minute. And the, the words are going to appear on the screen. And this is going to be kind of the last bit. And after that, I'm going to pray. But as you watch this song, maybe you want to rededicate yourself to service. So Andy, could you just play that song for us? It's called Rise Up and Serve. And feel free to sing along if you want to. Let's just stand together as a mark of honouring our Queen and as I pray. The lines from the National Anthem says this, God save our gracious Queen. Long live our noble Queen. God save the Queen. Send her victorious, happy and glorious. Long to reign over us. God save the Queen. And we do thank you today, Father God, for our Queen and the service that she has demonstrated for these 70 years. And we thank you for her strong faith in you that she declares each uh, Christmas in her broadcasts. Thank you that we can see that she is a Christian who loves you. We ask your blessing on her. Lord, she's, an, she's not very well, is she? We ask your healing just to come to her today, that she may be able to enjoy the rest of this weekend with her family, friends, and those loved ones around her. And Lord, on this Pentecost Sunday, we stand in your presence as part of your great church. And we say, come Holy Spirit, come on us again. And may we be those servants that you call us to be. May we rise up and serve. May we be beacons of light, beacons of joy, beacons of hope in our town and in our world. We pray and just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come onto us and into us and fill us again for the works of service that you have prepared for us to do. Lord God, let your blessing now just fall upon us and our loved ones, those who can't be with us today. We thank you for this time together. And we ask that whatever we're doing into this week, we would go as your servants. In Jesus' name, amen.